Coming up today, a great way to start off the week. He's no longer active with the Minnesota DNR, but he still knows his fishing, and he still knows the importance of getting kids out fishing. Mike Coldfront Curry is next. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fish is all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing. Paul Bunyan in country. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, today it's a treat to bring back a good friend to the show. Uh, haven't talked to him since he retired. So, first of all, congratulations, Mike Coldfront Curry, on, uh, on your retirement a couple years ago. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, it, it, it seems like it was yesterday, and yet it seems like it was, uh, you know, 10 years ago. I, I just, it's so hard to imagine being retired, and, and as they said, um, uh, retirees would say I, they're busier now than what they were when they were working, and I don't even know how that was possible. I was swamped at work, and well, I'm, I'm staying real busy uh, uh, with the outdoors. And um, I shared the, the last couple springs here, uh, you know, some turkey hunting with some brand new hunters, and uh, we got some fishing coming up here shortly, and. Uh, I've got a brand new puppy going on, and I'm working on buying some extra land on, uh, for the, uh, my cabin just south of Malax Lake, and, uh, you know, just so many things going on right now, uh, and it's, actually it's been kind of a good thing because, uh, this pandemic has not been a whole lot of fun other than that. Well, <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Well, listen, Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about, for those who aren't familiar with Mike Coldfront Curry, um, what what was your career in the uh, in the DNR? Well, with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, my my main job duty was to really get uh, families and kids involved in the outdoors, whether it be through turkey hunting through the National Wild Turkey Federation or Pheasants Forever, or working with uh, with smaller groups like Fishing for Life, getting kids and families and veterans into the outdoors and and creating lifelong opportunities in the outdoors, not just a a one time. Uh, backyard, uh, something that's, let's go fishing, you know, take kid fishing day or weekend. It's something that was on a permanent basis, so you had multiple touches in the outdoors. And that was my main job. And then, of course, how we met was to, you know, the governor's openers and, uh, working with, uh, with the, with the governor's offices and, and local communities and, and sharing what great resources that we have here, uh, in our state. And, and boy, are they, those resources getting used, uh, this year, eh? No, they most definitely are. And that's, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you is that it was your area, area was trying to get more people involved. We've had a near 60% increase in uh, fishing license sales this year. So um, one of the things the pandemic has brought is people looking for something to do. Fishing seemed to be a good answer for a lot of people, and let's just hope that they're getting hooked for life. Yeah, that, and I think that's the key, Kev. Whether you, know, you hope that it is, uh, this has really given um, uh, an opportunity for people who haven't done as much fishing as they normally would have given the time to share that with with families and friends and boy social distancing what a great way to do it to, in the boat uh and you know the outdoors i don't believe there's been any proven cases that uh, uh that you're going to get sick uh, by being outdoors as a matter of fact you know it's healthy for you and and eating fish is even even better yet and and so i think the outdoors that's been a great thing but but it does 
I think it does place uh, an emphasis, Gav, on how how can we fix this outdoor thing and getting people involved. It's it's making the outdoors a priority, and the pandemic has done that. So uh, what we need to do is continue it, and, and my fingers are crossed that, that people have, have learned the lesson. You know, we can do, uh, when, when I was with the DNR and the people who are working on it now, we can, you know, the power of the pen has been very important with legislation and creating opportunities and uh, grants and aids and stuff like that, but it still comes down to every parent, every family, to, to get outdoors and take that step and, and set the hook on, on kids and their family members for life. When you were working on this at the DNR, what were you finding to be the biggest challenges? It, it, yeah, I think, that again, I'll go back to the pandemic. It's time. Uh, people didn't make the outdoors a priority. They, they, uh, it's their cell phones. It's the, uh, all the distractions of, of television and, and indoor games and, um, I've got my I've got my two nephews uh, who live in in uh, uh, Tennessee right now. Uh, they are so fixated on electronics, and yet I know my brother uh, and and his wife have been tremendously working hard on keeping them involved with the outdoors, whether it's fishing and, and whether it's walking the trails or biking and doing these things. But they're fixated on it, and they're having a hard time breaking that uh, that bond to the to the electronics. Uh, uh, and so it's it's um, it's not as easy as it seems, and yet it is really that easy. And by just setting the outdoors as a priority, so uh, I, I think it's like I'm doing with the puppy right now. You just repeat, uh, uh, you know, they they do their thing. You know, you, they play. Uh, you have to um, work with them constantly. It's not a one-time fix. It's a uh, it, this is going to be a lifetime of training for this puppy to to get her. Mike, I lost you for a second. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, good good to have you. All right. I just lost you for a second there. All right, we'll continue. <clears throat> I will have to edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Oh, uh, and you know, Mike, when we talk about uh, getting kids hooked on fishing and, and giving them that positive uh, opportunity so that they like it, it's a real key that you make sure they get action. You know, we talk, I've talked about this a lot with the people over the years. You, you know, on a hot July day where the sun is high and the wind is, is not going, you don't go, you don't take a kid fishing for walleyes that day, right? You, you no. take them fishing for something that's going to bite. That, yeah, it's, it's time to go swimming at that point in time and, and, and other water, uh, water sports. Uh, uh, the time to fish is, you know, early and late in the day. As we well know, that's our best fishing times, uh, because the fish bite and, uh, and, and keeping that, you're right, that continual action because, uh, well, it's just like the puppy right now. I'm, I'm keeping relating to that, but their attention span isn't that, isn't that good. And so you need to continually play with them and do things with them. But even when you're, uh, kids, if the fish aren't biting, then have them play with the worms. Have them, uh, they can be working, you know, in the live well and, and counting the fish that are in there. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can, you know, teaching them knot tying and there's all kinds of hands on things that you can be doing when the fish aren't biting. But when they are biting, oh, look out because, uh, you probably will not have time to fish because, uh, the emphasis again and the priority should be on, on the kids. You know, we've had the uh, Take a Kid Fishing event in Bemidji for many years. Obviously couldn't have it this year, but, um, 
one of the things you notice right away is kids just, they like fishing. Uh, you give them the opportunity to fish, they enjoy it. Uh, it's just getting it to be not that once a year thing, like you mentioned right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I've, I've uh, been involved with a, with a number of them. There's one that uh, just got canceled that I was uh, going to be working in St. Cloud this weekend. Uh, there's another one on Lake Vermilion that I that I've been doing for uh, for six or seven years now. Uh, they've also been uh, canceled for the year. Uh, and it, it, again, it's a one-time thing. But uh, here's the chance for parents and, and 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 family members to just take the kids out there and set the hook on those memories, those pictures. As a kid, you know, again, I'll go relate back to the pub again. The pictures that I'm taking right now uh, are going to be. Uh, also great memories for for a lifetime and for those kids to set the hook their first fish uh their first grouse their first deer what might be you can't make that first time never will never happen again so you better take advantage of it mike cold front curry my guest we got a lot more with cold front to come this is fish and pop onion country presented by northland fishing tackle This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Don't forget to check us out online, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on podcast and click on Paul Bunyan Country. Also, we're on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Mike Coltfront-Curry is my guest. We were talking about the increase in kids' fishing numbers this year. It's not just kids, though. We, we've had the decreases in the adult population, too. And I, I think you go back to time, that's, that's part of it. Um, and there's so many, and, and in parents, there's just so many uh, kids' activities be, besides fishing, for example, that are taking up more and more of your kids' time. It's uh, boy, balancing that is very, very difficult. It, it, it is it's a challenge, and uh, but you've got the greatest uh, opportunity uh, in your area with all the lakes and opportunities, whether it's going to the beach and, and playing. Uh, sand volleyball or splashing around i still remember as a kid up in the ely area where we'd go to the uh burnside lake and and uh, be out there playing you just wouldn't even know what time it was and mom and dad it, it, well we entertained ourselves at that point in time uh but you know and even as a kid growing up in malacca we got hopped on our bikes and and went down to the rum river and went uh, fishing we caught bullheads and brought them home one time and and asked Dad how to clean them, and of course they're about two inches long. And he said, "Well, they'll make good fertilizer." <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you learned as a kid the way you learn those mistakes uh, or uh, those life lessons, uh, and, and Dad would teach you too. But the, those are all part of growing up and and learning about uh, the outdoors and how to find your own bait. Picking night crawlers. I was one of those kids on the side of the road way back when, and back in the. In the 60s, I was selling night crawlers on the side of the road as, as anglers went up to Mille Lacs Lake. Hey, we made, we made a, for, well, to what uh, seemed like a fortune to us. Um, we, made, we made hundreds of dollars in, in a weekend sometime. Wow. But, but we worked hard and picked night crawlers and boxed them up and sold them to the anglers, and, and we learned some great lessons there, too. So fishing can uh, create a lot of lifetime learning experiences and uh uh and i i'm a better person i think uh um, now uh, by learning those lessons early one of the things that i i've asked different people over the years is do you think that as good as it is for the avid angler 
Uh, do you think the sophistication of equipment and the specialization of equipment has kind of scared some people away from fishing because they have no idea what exactly they need and how much it's going to cost? Oh, you're 100% correct, uh, Kev. Uh, one of the things I've been preaching is that, you know, when I grew up, uh, it was a canoe. It was a, a 12-foot aluminum boat with a 9-9 on the uh, Johnson on the back end. Uh, it was all these things that it wasn't that expensive to get into. Uh, and, you know, we're now you see Ranger boats, 20-footers or 300 uh, horsepower on the back end, big trailers and, you know, $65,000, $70,000 boats. And, uh, and, and as you go around the lakes, uh, in the, uh, in the whole North country right now, you'll still see a lot of the smaller boats out there. You really don't have to have, uh, all that equipment. You need a good, uh, you know, and I won't say a hundred dollar rod and reel, but if you can get something that 30, 40, $50 range, uh, that, that will last a long time if you take care of it. I have rods and reels that I bought back in the seventies and eighties that are still in working order, and I use them all the time. So uh, it's a lifetime investment with a rod and reel. The only thing you really need to change is the line, uh, you know, every year, and uh, give it a little oil, a little TLC to those rods, and uh, that'll they'll last you, well, look at that, 30, 40 years for me already. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the thing I think people need to be aware of. It. it isn't as complicated as it may look if you get on a very serious angler's souped-up boat. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, we've, we, I blame the industry for this. Uh, they really have not, uh, you know, gone back to the basics, and uh, they haven't given back to the um, to the upcoming anglers and families like, uh, like they did back in the 60s and 70s, uh, where they really participated and worked with people. You know, right now I'll just, I'll give it just a window dressing is what they give it. You know, they have started up, you know, some of the, the high school league and the fishing, but then again, that's tournament angling. We need to really get back to the basics again. And, uh, again, that they're only, you know, doing a, you know, one-time events. They really need to really sink their teeth into providing multiple opportunities, uh, that their pro staff and their, organization can donate product to and really you know with the diversity that we have in the state right now and as we well know we're, we're seeing a lot of diversity that maybe a lot of people didn't know that we had here in the state well guess what by in the next 15 or 20 years uh this uh, the diversity is going to be even more different and we better learn to adapt uh and work with each other or we're going to have more of the same sort of violence that we have going on right now we've got to learn from our mistakes Absolutely. Couldn't say it any better myself. Uh, you touched on the tournament fishing on the high school level. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that's done in this neck of the woods. It's made uh, the next generation become bass fans real quick because uh, yeah. that's, what they're, that's what they're fishing for. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. And, you know, I, I came from a walleye family uh, for a long time. Uh, we used to fish the, in the Boundary Waters, Basswood, up there. My, you know, of course, I've uh, live just uh, off of Malax Lake. I fished tournaments, uh, uh, in the, uh, MWC walleye tournament series for, for a decade. Uh, but bass, oh my gosh, I love the bass. Uh, I love that. Well, as kids, you, you love the tugging on the other end of the line. Well, that's what I like about bass fishing. When you can set the hook, you know, you got a good fish. Then they start jumping. Then like a smallmouth, they never quit. Uh, and, and the end result is, um, Big smiles all around and a nice catch and release. 
taking a, a look at where we're at in fishing in this in this state and in the nation and taking a look at uh, where things were as you were getting ready to to leave and retire uh, what was uh, what was your advice to your successors well you know the funny thing is is that they didn't uh, replace me uh, until uh, about a, oh, about six months ago oh um, and so there really wasn't a whole lot uh, that I could to share, but I know the person that they did hire, Benji Cohen. Uh, he's got a great experience uh, uh, putting on and working relationships with people, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is um, is to continue to build those relationships in, in the community. Work with the um, uh, the high school leagues, as an example, your fishing clubs. Work with the industry, the the uh, Berkeleys of the world, and the Shimano's and and Zepco's of the world to to build a better structure to to uh, to get everybody involved because it's it's not one person's responsibility. It really is a, a community and a nation that really needs to work together, and that is no that's no easy task. But uh, you know, it's funny that a pandemic would uh, would bring us all together about the outdoors. I hope we don't get another one. Uh, but again, I hope that we can keep this thing going because it's 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 affecting everybody's lives right now. As a matter of fact, it just affected me one more time. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Kev, but uh, the Canadian or the Canada border, uh, U.S. Canadian border, is uh, again shut down um, for except for essential people until July the 21st. And so we ended up just having to cancel one of our uh, Canada fishing trips to uh, Makwa and Lac Newell. Mm. And I've been going up there for 25 years, and it was just heartbreaking. But uh, it's an Indian community up there, and they have to be—they uh, have to play extra safe up there. And I need to be careful because I'm in one of the risk groups because I'm over 65 now. Um, so being healthy and uh, and all these things is just really crucial that uh, all these things uh, come together, and and hopefully they will, and we can get out there and make fishing a priority forever. Yeah, it sure has been tough for uh, for the Canadian fishing industry. I know, uh, you know, Sunset Country in Ontario, for example. I know some people there, and just losing a lot of business this year. Yeah, but here's the good news. Now, Minnesota resorts are finally starting to kick in, and uh, since you can't go to Canada, and so hopefully, you know, the resorts in your area will uh, maybe uh, get booked up here now, uh, considering they had a slow start to the year, mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll be able to recoup some of the uh, the monies that they that they had lost earlier in the year. So fingers crossed on that, and and so that's exactly probably what I'll be doing is uh, looking for a place and with our group and and uh, see if we can't uh, spend some money here in Minnesota. We'll wrap it up with Mike Coldfront Curry in just a bit, but do want to remind you to get registered for the first ever Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Coca Cola of Bemidji. Very unique tournament. Perfect journey for a COVID-19 world. All you need to do is download the Fish Donkey app, find the United Way of Bemidji Tournament, and get registered with one $200 fee for your two-person team. You're basically in two tournaments, a bass tournament and a walleye tournament. And, yes, you can win both. First place in each division is $3,000 based on 100 boats. Here's the kicker. You can fish any lake in Beltrami, Clearwater, and Hubbard counties. And you have three days to fish. From 7 a.m. Friday, July 24th, or 2 o'clock Sunday, it's catch, photo, and release, and the Fish Donkey app does all the work. You can get more details at unitedwaybemidji.org or just download the Fish Donkey app right now. It's a great cause. It's going to be a great tournament. It's the Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, 
Also sponsored by Coca-Cola and, of course, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, as well as Nailers, First National Bank Bemidji, Paul Bunyan Communications, Hills Plumbing and Heating, Amity Graphics, Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service, Acme Tools, Dick's Plumbing and Heating, L&M Fleet Supply, Northwoods Bait and Tackle, Sanford Health, Visit Bemidji, and Northland Fishing Tackle. And this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Mike Coldfront Curry, my guest, retired from the Minnesota DNR, but retired or not, knows everything there is to know about the fishing scene. One of the other things you were involved in uh, is the state record program. What has changed a lot in, in fishing is the catch and release ethic. Very, very strong, particularly for fish like muskies and, and uh, big northerns and, and, you know, uh, the right size walleyes, all of that. Bass definitely is a catch and release uh, fishery as well. Made it uh, difficult to get new uh, record fish when, when nobody was keeping them. So uh, late in your tenure, you, you adopted the, um, the catch and release record, right? Yeah, I'm re- really proud of that because that, that's really exciting because, um, again, uh, some of the Minnesota records, some of them go back to the 40s or 1920s and, and really were quite questionable in, on some of them. Some of them didn't have the proper documentation uh, you know, but you just can't throw them out. It's just, <laughs> it's just not that easy as, as easy as it would sound. Uh, but you upset a lot of people there and, and family members. But adding this catch and release, uh, length records, uh, really, uh, popped off the, the muskies and the sturgeon. Uh, my goodness, we've got some real dandies there. And, and I'm hoping that they continue that program and then expand it to like in the walleyes. Uh, into the panfish, uh, type, uh, opportunities so that we can have, uh, some, uh, show off the great fisheries that we do have here in the state. And my goodness, um, I, I, I caught a muskie back in 2002 that could have been a state record. Um, uh, it was 54 and a half inch, uh, muskie. And I, unfortunately, Kev, I don't, I don't count it as a record except for my own personally because I caught it when I was smallmouth fishing. <laughs> So to me, it doesn't count. I wasn't targeting muskies, but it sure was uh, a, a blast on eight pound test and a and a rattle trap. So it was a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you, I've heard of a lot of uh, uh, trophy muskies caught walleye fishing or pan fishing or bass fishing. Maybe more than I've heard caught muskie fishing. <laughs> well, absolutely, I caught all all my big muskies over forty five inches have all come bass fishing. <laughs> go go figure. <laughs> Uh, well, and I and I'm pretty sure. I, I really am pretty sure that the uh, state record muskie's probably been caught several times, uh, and we just don't know it because the muskie ethic is just a catch and release. It, it is, but I I do know for a fact uh, when uh, just before we started the state record uh, uh, muskie program for catch and release, there was a uh, muskie caught on Lax Lake on the fly uh, that was uh, like in the 58 inch range. Um, so I'm pretty sure that that state record is swimming in Mille Lacs or it could be in Vermilion. It could be on Leach. It could be in any of those. It, it's out there. It's just the right time in the right place. And, uh, if you don't go fishing, how are you going to catch it? Exactly right. Hey, Mike, I know you know a lot of guys uh, all over the nation that were kind of in the same biz you were. I'm noticing that we didn't necessarily see uh, these big increases in licenses in other states. Uh, what have you heard? No, they, they haven't because again, we've got such a great opportunity here in the state that, uh, and our governor was wise enough to, to figure out that, uh, 
oh, you're not going to be catching COVID-19 when you're out in a fishing boat with your family. So social distancing was uh, to our advantage here in this state. So, again, it all goes back to opportunity, and, and whether it's our parents or um, or family members getting out there, but there's a lake next to everybody. You don't have to go very far, and people uh, realize that, and, and they hopefully are bringing back some childhood memories, a lot of those adults, and then sharing it with their families, and they, um, well, our Minnesotans are not they're not so dumb as we think we are sometimes. <laughs> we we figured it out pretty quick. And so getting outdoors and setting the hook on um on a good panfish. As a matter of fact we had uh, panfish uh some uh some walleyes that we had gotten earlier in the year on from Lake of the Woods uh last night for dinner and oh my were they good. Oh that that sounds really, really good. I love I love panfish. They are they you know, that's a thing. We we got tons of fish you can eat that are just delicious. It isn't just walleyes, perch, panfish, even northerns if you can figure their wounds out. Oh boy, I tell you there's a uh, I posted it on my Facebook page not too long ago. There's a a, a new method to to clean uh, a northern pike and I don't know if I can describe it very well, but you go right behind the head and go down to the backbone, cut it straight back. And you'll be able that those are total uh, boneless fillets, and then you fillet the side of the northern, basically like you do a walleye. You just have to get underneath uh, that that Y bone, and you fillet it off. And then the tail portion doesn't have any bones in. It. So it's uh, the video is on on Facebook. It is so much easier to clean a northern. And then of course, if you get one of those smaller ones, just pickle it. Yes. That's pretty good too. I'm not usually into pickled meat that much, but pickled northern's not bad, not bad at all. Well, I'll I'll leave that to you. And the other, I'm not a big pickle fan either. I, <laughs> I, I prefer I prefer uh, uh, the uh, deep fried uh, walleyes and panfish because I think that's just uh, almost impossible uh, to beat. Oh, look who woke up! A uh, little echo here. Oh, just woke up. She is named after uh, the place I got my first grouse, which was the Echo Trail. <laughs> Uh, up in Ely, and her middle name is Ely, and her last name is Curry, so it's Echo Ely Curry, or Eek for short. <laughs> love it, love it. Hey, before we wrap it up, uh, where have you been fishing, and uh, what, what have you been finding out there? Uh, I've been doing some uh, local stuff here. I've, uh, I've got some local lakes here. I fish Big Marine and uh, Birch Lake and do a little canoeing. We're, we're working on some canoe trips here for later on um, this summer. We'll be going, so we'll be going up to the boundary waters or, or thereabouts or the North Shore. Uh, and then hopefully we'll be uh, fishing some lakes around the, the Mille Lacs area. Trying not to go too far, but, uh, and I would like to leave uh, people too with make sure you take care of your local bait and tackle dealer because they've had it pretty rough along with the restaurants and stuff. Stay local with, with, with your purchases. And that's, if that's, if I could leave somebody with that, that would, what I'd love to leave them with is, Take care of the people who take care of you and your community. Absolutely. Great, great words. Uh, that, uh, that's where we're going to leave it there. Uh, Mike Colfront Curry, great friend of the show, uh, retired uh, from the DNR, and, and just one, one of the great guys in the outdoor world. Love talking to him. Mike, thanks for taking time today. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome, Kev. We'll have to do this again here, maybe not two years from now, but uh, maybe a little sooner than that. But I just want to remind people to hook them where it counts on the great outdoors, because if you don't, who will? Great way to wrap it up. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us.